Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday night, recording this late on a Wednesday night after leaving Ball Arena. The Nuggets were able to pull out the win over the San Antonio Spurs, 106-96. It was an interesting game to watch. There were a lot of uh, fascinating things that happened throughout this game that I will go over uh, but it was just, it was good to see the fans, good to see the energy in the building. Uh, really made a difference tonight, I feel. And, and there were a lot of great moments with the crowd. So good on you guys for that. Uh, we're going to be talking about this game. Nikola Jokic comes one rebound short of a triple double. The bench comes together. They play some great minutes. Uh, but I thought the first story of this game really was that Michael Malone got ejected. And it was very fascinating to, uh, to hear his response, uh, how he sort of portrayed that, I asked him, or, or somebody asked him, I think, just just whether whether this was going to be a thing. Uh, and he said this was a long time coming. This is going to be something that he was really building towards, and he wanted to uh, he wanted to protect his players out there, and and the Nuggets really appreciated that. Nikola Jokic especially, uh, Jokic was or Malone was hot, middle of the second quarter. Nuggets had gotten a, a run of poor kind of foul calls uh, going one way, not really getting the benefit of the doubt on the other end. And Michael Malone, with the game tied 42-42 or so, in middle of the second quarter, after Nikola Jokic goes to the post, uh, loses the ball on a turnover after Jakob Pertl clearly commits a blocking foul, uh, Malone loses his mind, gets in the face of the official that's running right next to him, and immediately earns himself an ejection based off of how hot he got, how into the grill of the ref he got. It was a very interesting thing to see. And he had been pretty tame in terms of kind of withholding his temper uh, in with regard to the decisions made by the refs, with regard to foul calls, things like that. Uh, but this has been building. He had said it was building, and it really does sort of like it, it sort of makes sense that this was the game that with the Nuggets kind of they're they're kind of up and down energy up until that point. It, it was a really weird feeling game. Like Jokic was doing well when he wasn't turning the ball over, and he was often turning the ball over because he felt like he was getting fouled. Malone stood up for his guy. That is a really important thing. And I thought that it was good to see that Malone had Nikola's back there, and the team responded really well. When Malone went out, Wes Unsell Jr., uh, the, the primary assistant coach on his bench, he took his place. The team looked very energized. They played very hard. They executed pretty well. Went through a couple of lulls here and there, but for the most part, the team really got themselves into gear. And I really liked what I saw from the team after that point. There were just a lot of winning plays made by the starting unit from the end of the second quarter onward. Midway through the fourth quarter, uh, Jokic, Porter, Gordon come back in, along with uh, Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier. That lineup gives Denver a really good, uh, a really really good few minutes. Uh, P.J. Dozier especially just just was a main beneficiary there. They weren't perfect, far from it. If you look at the box score, uh, Nikola Jokic only finished this game a plus five. Michael Porter a plus three. Aaron Gordon a plus two. Faku Campazo was a minus two. He was the only one in the primary rotation that was a minus tonight. 
Uh, but Will Barton was a plus 15, and he was the guy that spent most of the time with the bench unit. And the bench unit tonight dominated. They picked up the slack. Monte Morris, P.J. Dozier, Will Barton, Jamichael Green, and JaVale McGee. With Jamal Murray out and Denver kind of experimenting with different looks, uh, Paul Millsap sat the second half of the second night of the back-to-back. Uh, he sat for rest purposes, and that's the right call. And this was a great opportunity for the Nuggets to experiment with JaVale McGee. And they crushed it. They did a really, really great job defensively, offensively, moving the ball. Everything sort of fell into place with this unit. And it wasn't any one person. It just sort of felt like things made sense. Monte Morris, he was the guy who was really running the show. Will Barton, he was the primary scorer. JaVale McGee was the primary pick and roll partner. Jamichael Green, he was spacing the floor really well. P.J. Dozier, he was the primary defender. He was the guy who spent a lot of time on DeMar DeRozan, on a lot of the uh, San Antonio Spurs guards that were going off. P.J. Dozier had a really good game. And I think it, it sort of stands out that he was a plus 25 tonight in his, I think it was 28 minutes. Yeah, he didn't play particularly well on the offensive end, but I thought the defensive end was really good. Two steals, five defensive rebounds, cleared a lot of possessions, and was the primary defender in a lot of cases on DeMar DeRozan. That's exactly what you want to see. You want to see a guy like P.J. Dozier really stick his neck out there, uh, make it difficult for San Antonio's best player, and that's exactly what he did. Lots of other aspects of this bench that I think sort of stand out statistically. JaVale McGee had eight rebounds in 14 minutes, five defensive, three offensive. Uh, some of that was because Jamichael Green only had five, Will Barton only had four, uh, things like that. They played with some small guards. Monte Morris only had one. But JaVale McGee picked up the slack. On a night where the Nuggets needed his energy, they needed his athleticism, he gave it to them. He was an above-the-rim threat on several occasions. Denver threw some lobs. Denver threw some... Uh, passes above the rim that he was able to corral, uh, and he was looking really good doing it. Uh, Only went three of six from the field, but he had seven points, eight rebounds, one block. Uh, It just felt like he was a very integral part of that group. Felt like they found something there. Felt like the three guards that he was pairing with, uh, four if you count Faku, who staggered with the bench unit as well. Faku, Monte, PJ, Will, They were all good pick-and-roll partners with him. All of those guys, you felt like they were navigating that uh, spacing really well. Jermichael Green hits a three tonight. He had some athletic dunks. He looked really spry. There are definitely some times where I'm not as big of a Jermichael Green guy, but he was in the right spots tonight. He was in the right positions, the right places. I thought he had some good minutes with the starters, with uh, Porter and Jokic. Thought he had some good minutes with the bench, sort of as the the stretch four in that unit. And uh, he got up on some dunks, and it was was really impressive to see how high he got in the first half. Uh, Lots of really impressive dunks there. Um, Monte Morris, uh, Michael Malone had said this at the beginning of, or not the beginning, but kind of in the middle of his presser, that Monte Morris came off the bench tonight because, and and Faku Campazzo started, Monte Morris was on a minutes restriction, 
and M- Michael Malone thought that he would have a better opportunity to play more extensive stints, uh, uninterrupted by sort of the bench rotations, if he came off the bench. And he was pretty amenable to that, and I thought played really well. He had three turnovers, and you don't want to see that, but still feels like he's a very integral piece of what they do. Uh, he's a guy who's always in the right position, had a steal and a block, had four assists, seven points on seven shots. Uh, just a really good productive night for Monte. You like to see that from this bench group for sure. And I tend to think that it makes a lot of sense that this bench group sort of came together with Paul Millsap out and with Faku kind of in the starting unit, but also like not necessarily playing at the same time as Monte Morris. You had Monte, Will Barton, PJ, Jermichael Green, and JaVale McGee. Lots of guys who you, you understand what their role is going to be. You understand what their role is for. Will Barton, though he didn't have a good night tonight, he was fine. Uh, 14 points, 5 assists. Uh, did go 3 of 13 from the field. Uh, he, he'll be better. Uh, struggled to finish around the rim again tonight, but got to the got to the free throw line 6 times, which is not something you usually see from him. Had 2 steals. I thought he gave a lot of good effort defensively for sure. And he was a good playmaker too. Like he wasn't a guy who the ball was the ball wasn't stopping with him. There are a couple of opportunities late in the shot clock with that bench where he uh, he got caught with the ball late, and that that's never a good situation. And you're always going to be your your efficiency is going to go down in that case. But I like what I've seen from him in the brief minutes that we've seen with this bench unit. When he plays with Monte Morris, when he plays with PJ Dozier, when he plays with Jamichael Green and Javale McGee, that could be something. That could be a way for Denver to get through the rest of the regular season. And it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do it a little bit more. Or maybe instead of Michael Green, it's Paul Millsap at the four and JaVale McGee at the five. But I tend to think that Denver needs a rim-rolling center. They don't have a lot of guys that can take advantage of switch defenses. If you think about those guards, you want a guy like Monte Morris that... He'll, he'll occasionally take advantage of a switch, but you don't want it to be his primary responsibility. Same thing with Will Barton. That's what the bench has had to deal with, with Jermichael Green and Paul Millsap out there. They can't just throw it to the post with those guys. I actually really hate it when Jermichael Green posts up. He's a really good player when he doesn't post up. That's That's probably my biggest pet peeve with him is that it's just... Like, you have to give him the ball because he has a mismatch, but he rarely takes advantage of it. Same thing, Paul Millsap is a better post player for sure, more talented post player. But he also can have stints where he goes 0 for 4, like his last game. So, we're going to have to see how it goes, and we're going to have to see how this evolves for sure. I am looking forward to seeing what Michael Malone decides to do, because I think it could mean a big change for the bench. We're going to see whether Faku's involved. We're going to see what happens when Jamal Murray comes back. It seems to be very minor with him. Uh, I I would be shocked if he didn't play on Friday. That would be a very surprising thing, in my opinion. And then we'll see at that point that when Denver gets back their normal starting five, what happens with Monte Morris? What happens with Faku? What happens with PJ? Does Will Barton still go to the bench? Do they not send anybody to the bench? Do they just try to go... Faku, Monte, PJ, and then 
Jamichael Green and JaVale McGee. Is Paul Millsap back? What what goes on? He was out due to rest tonight, but he's not injured. Is he just going to be out of the rotation? Because I thought that ja- JaVale McGee really gave something for Denver tonight. And he earned some minutes. So we're going to see whether he can capitalize on that. Whether Michael Malone goes back to it or not. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the starters. But first, this is... This podcast is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook. Basketball teams are entering the final month of the regular season as they gear up for the playoffs. While some teams are locks to make the playoffs, others are still fighting for their opportunity to chase the trophy this summer. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting you in the center of the action with a chance to turn $1 into $100 of free bets. Turning $1 into $100 is simple. Pick any basketball team you want, hopefully it's the Nuggets, and win to win their next game. And if, if during that game, the team of your choosing hits a three, just a single three, you bring home $100 in three bets. Uh, in, in free bets, excuse me. That's, that's, that's literally free money at this point. They just need to hit one three-pointer. That's 100 to 1 odds on the team of your choosing to hit a three-pointer. They don't even have to win. This year, teams have been hitting threes at an unprecedented pace, so get in on all the action with DraftKings Sportsbook before this offer ends. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign in to turn $1 into $100 in free bets if the basketball team of your choosing hits a three. That's code MHS to turn $1 into $100 in free bets. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We will be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. and roll. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. Uh, we are talking about this Nuggets win over the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, if you can, please rate, review, and subscribe five stars on iTunes, if at all possible. Uh, I wish there were other ways to uh, to rate, review, and subscribe on, on different platforms, but it really is just Apple. So I do appreciate, I see all of the reviews here. Uh, Will just recently uh, gave me a five-star review, and I really appreciate that. Will, thank you so much. Uh, so it's it's been great to start this up, and I, I appreciate all of the support. So if you can, five stars on iTunes would be superb. Let's talk about the starters. Faku Campasso started, as I mentioned. Uh, he did some good things, and I thought that it, it, was a, it was a good experiment to have him in the starting role. And give Monte Morris a little bit of time to, to solidify himself. Let me be clear. Monte Morris is higher on the pecking order than Faku Campazzo. And this, this game doesn't change that. Uh, but Faku did do a couple of good things. He hit a couple threes. 
That was found money, I think, within this game. Uh, had only two assists, but they were very important ones. There was a big dunk for Jermichael Green in there. And I didn't think that the San Antonio Spurs really tried to take advantage of him defensively throughout this game. Even though they had a bunch of guards, they were attacking other guys. They were trying to find their seams in other ways. And Faku, though, though there were times that I I was looking at him thinking, why are you helping there? What are some of the things that you're doing? I think he was overall a positive. He was the only starter, or he was the only rotation player with a negative plus minus tonight. That's probably noise, but it, it does it does sort of kind of point a different direction there. So is what it is. We will we'll see whether that sustains or not. Uh, if Jamal Murray is back, I, I assume that Faku will, of course, be on the bench, and they will try to figure out what to do with Faku and Monte at the same time. Nikola Jokic, normal dominant self. It was a very standard Nikola Jokic game, I thought. 25 points, 10 assists, 9 rebounds. Did get a little bit turnover happy in the first half. Had 5 in the first half, 6 overall. But he did finish a plus 6 in his 30 minutes. Only had to come back in in the fourth quarter briefly. Was 11 of 18 from the field and I thought was just a very efficient player. Only had 4 free throw attempts tonight. Two of those were... Uh, one of those was an and one, and another one I think was a technical free throw that he missed. So it is what it is. Like he only got to the free throw line for a shooting foul where he, when he missed a shot just just one singular time uh, for for two free throws. But we're gonna have to see. We're gonna have to see how the Nuggets kind of deal with this. Uh, Michael Malone, of course, gets ejected, and I thought the Yaka Pertle had some really really aggressive defense on Jokic throughout this game. Jakob Pertl finishes with a plus five, and I don't think that's an accident. Jakob Pertl kind of got away with a lot of physical contact, and there were some uh, touch fouls on the perimeter where Jokic was trying to dribble and kind of got blocked by by Pertl. But at the point of contact where, where Jokic is trying to release his shot, it sort of feels like every time Jokic is battling several factors at once, He's battling the guy in front of him. He's also battling help from other players and or help defense from other players. And he's also trying to avoid the contact now because he seems like a guy who is just like he's he knows he's not going to get the call. And so he sort of has to shy away from some of those contact plays. Uh, throws up a lot of floaters, more jumpers, uh, had a couple of situations where you're 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 trying to avoid contact if any in any way, shape, and form. And I get it. I wish he didn't have to do that. And I want to see him continue to impose his physical will on people. Because as much fun as it is to watch him operate in the post where he, he has the, uh, the reverse pivot move that he likes to do, the up and under reverse pivot, that's a lot of fun to watch. I would like to see him get normal foul calls that where guys can't physically handle him and then they hack him and then he goes to the free throw line. It's a little bit more brutish. It's a little bit more crude, but I tend to think that it's, it really matters at various points. So we're going to see whether, uh, we're going to see whether this kind of pans out because I'm, I am a little bit concerned about this. It's been a long time since Jokic has had a lot of free throws. Outside of this last Orlando game, where they were just shorthanded and fouling him left and right. So, 
I'm a little bit concerned. Whether I should be or not remains to be seen. We'll just move on. Michael Porter was the second option tonight on offense. He had 14 shots, made seven, only 50% from the field. What a what a slacker. Uh, he was making some tough shots, and I didn't necessarily like his approach at the beginning of this game. I thought that there were some shots that he both attempted that were a little bit wild. He had some, some bad hands plays that I thought were pretty bad. Uh, but overall, when he keeps it simple when he does a lot of the simple things, they usually work. Had a possession where he came off of a double stagger screen, or maybe it was a, a, a down screen of, of from the left wing, and he came to the middle of the floor, received a pass, caught the ball, shot it on the move, uh, kind of the, the falling, fading away jumper that he likes to do, and just perfectly swishes it. And there was nobody in sight. There was nobody who could block his shot. There was nobody close to him. And, and it was just a very simple action that when he tries to do a little bit too much, he can get in trouble. Uh, he could turn the ball a little bit over too much. He didn't do that tonight. He only had one turnover tonight. But I still think that there's there's a little bit more that can be squeezed out there. He's been so good for so long, though, that it's really hard to like single in on, on any particular part of his game. Uh, 18 points and 10 rebounds, a steal and a block. Thought he had some good defensive moments, but the beginning of the game, he was not good defensively. So he's still up and down in a lot of those cases, but anytime you go 18 points, 10 rebounds on 50% from the field, and that's a bad game for you, you're doing something right. So hard to really single in on anything there. Uh, Aaron Gordon, I thought, also had a couple of possessions where you didn't like the shots that he got. A uh, couple fadeaways, 10-foot 10, 10 fadeaways around the rim. Uh, some some shots off the dribble that you're not necessarily a fan of. But once he simplified, started operating on cuts a little bit more with Jokic. Started uh, really just locking in on defense on DeMar DeRozan. He wasn't always defending DeRozan, but when Denver was running their switching scheme, if they get cross-matched, he sometimes finds his way back to DeRozan when they're switching. And there was one particular possession where he found his way back to DeRozan on the switch. And DeRozan just took one look at him like, oh shit, like I wasn't meant to get back on this guy who had been defending me really well. Uh, DeMar DeRozan tonight goes 5 of 13 for 14 points. Uh, hit an outside jumper for, it wasn't a 3, his toe was on the line, but it was basically a 3. Uh, so outside of that, 4 of 12 got to the line a few times, turned the ball over, wasn't a super impactful player. The Nuggets forced other guys to beat them. That wasn't the case the last time these two teams met. So it is a good sign for Friday's game for sure. Uh, what else? What else can we talk about here? Yeah, I thought that Gordon struggled a little bit with that starting group offensively, but uh, Will Barton, he also struggled a little bit. I thought he found some good footing with the bench. Just sort of picking up a lot of those plays where you don't know you don't know what you're necessarily going to do uh, with regard to Barton. He he has a lot of the off the dribble stuff, and especially without Jamal, especially with Monte kind of sitting, uh, I don't think in that first starting unit that Barton and Monte shared the floor at all. So it was always going to be Faku or Will, and Will is kind of the the off the dribble threat in that case. And you want him to continue to explore that. And he did. 
He just missed all the shots, and they were open, so it's hard to see. But he had a possession where he kind of came down in, in pull-up pull up three in transition, which you don't necessarily love, especially because it was kind of contested, too. But if you're going to give the same credit to Porter and Murray and Jokic on those cases, then if Barton gets one of those a game, that's okay. Just uh, make it in the, the early stages as opposed to the late ones, and, and you're probably doing fine. The defense really picked up with the unit of Monte, PJ, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. They played that unit at the end of or the middle of the third quarter, middle of the fourth quarter. I really liked what I saw. I really like the uh, the switchability of PJ, Porter, and Gordon. And then you can always kind of like Monte. He sort of doesn't get a lot of credit for being as good in the two-man game as he is with Jokic, those guys trust each other a lot. And we haven't seen them play together a lot because Monte's been off the floor. But Monte did a lot of good things for Nicola in the pick and roll, in the DHO, uh, getting out of the way when he needed to get out of the way. There's a lot of good stuff to like about the Monte minutes. So when Murray comes back, they can always go to that Monte-PJ look and feel pretty good about it. So... I like what I saw from them, and that is probably something we are going to see a lot of on Friday. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to talk about this mini-series and this game on Friday that they're going to play again against the Spurs. We'll be right back. at Pickaxe and Roll final segment here. Going to be a short one, short podcast overall because this Spurs game, we're going to see this team again on Friday. I'm going to be talking tomorrow with a guest. We should have some fun with that. Getting a lot of good content on on the podcast network, so keep your ears out for that, of course. Uh, There are some positives and some negatives, I think, with this mini-series that the Nuggets are running, and they're going to be doing this with the Spurs, and it's a good thing that they're doing it with the Spurs because... This team isn't that great. That's one of the positives for sure, is that this team, that as long as you have an answer for DeMar DeRozan and your bench isn't going to get completely demolished by Patty Mills, Rudy Gay, guys like that, you're in a good spot. And I think that Denver has really taken advantage of that with this with this series. And they're, they're in, a, in a situation where they didn't really need a guy like Jamal Murray tonight. They didn't need a guy like uh, Paul Millsap. They could go and try some different things. They started Faku. They played JaVale. And they had a lot of opportunities to play guys in, in situations that I thought were pretty optimal, too. Faku, he, he has been struggling with the bench of late, playing with the starters, and, and he looks like a little bit of a different player. Maybe a little bit less usage, but he did have some opportunities to make some plays and made the most of it. Uh, JaVale, of course, as a rim roller with that, with that bench group, Made a lot of sense. And I thought that Denver was able to kind of find their way into these series and, and, and into the sets that they needed to find themselves on this game. Some more positives here. No travel is a really, really big deal. Uh, this team has been traveling a lot. They had been doing a lot of home or they've been doing a lot of uh, away games on the first half of their schedule 
had gone through a couple of trips here. A lot of their games have been at home, and they're in the middle of a five-game homestand that obviously they've won every game. For the Spurs, it's good too because they don't have to travel, and they're, they're in a situation where, especially at the beginning where COVID health and safety protocols were a very, very big deal, the Spurs, I'm pretty sure they are going to be pretty happy about this series, that despite the fact that they have to play the Nuggets, they don't have to go travel to a different hotel, travel to a different city. They can take a take a little bit of a break, sleep in the same bed that they slept in for multiple nights, get themselves accustomed, and it's too bad that Denver hasn't had this opportunity yet. They, uh, they had one briefly in the first half where they went to Phoenix and they played those two overtime games. And that was, like, it's tough because on the one hand, yes, they did play two overtime games, and uh, but they were on a back-to-back, and, and they, they were, even though they were in the same city, that should have been a better thing. They were on a back-to-back. It was very stressful. Uh, Late-night games, and they didn't even get a lot of time to just rest and relax. So I wish that Denver had more of these on the schedule. Michael Malone had made a similar comment at the beginning of the when Denver was kind of going through their struggles in about February or so, kind of the February malaise, uh, he made some comments that he wished that Denver had some more of these style of games. And I don't blame them. They, they make a lot of sense. Another positive here, similar game plan. This team is going to be able to face the Spurs and they're sp- they face the Spurs on Wednesday. They face the Spurs on Friday. And that team is not really going to change a lot of what they do. They'll make some incremental changes here or there, but this is going to be a great opportunity for Denver to workshop their own guys and focus on their own mistakes while also kind of simulating a playoff environment where you made mistakes, you put them on film, but you get to go face this team again with the ability to kind of correct on those in in sort of a direct line of correction, if that makes any sense. Like a lot of times when you're, when you're a team and you're facing a team on Wednesday and a different team on Friday, you'll do your film study on Thursday with the expectation that you take those changes into a game on Friday against a different team. This time, you're seeing the same players. You're seeing the same tendencies. So you're going to have face a, a team like the Spurs that really is just very average, and you feel pretty good about it. There are negatives. Uh, Malone isn't going to get ejected again this team is going to have to find some new energy. They're going to have to find a way to defend with the starting unit. And maybe that's just getting Jamal Murray back and feeling pretty good about the length and the athleticism at every position. Uh, But maybe maybe it's not that. If Jamal Murray is still out, you better believe that San Antonio is going to try to get Falco Campazzo to defend DeMar DeRozan. And that's going to cause a litany of questions and concerns in my mind. So... We're going to see how that goes. Um, The Spurs are also going to make adjustments. Pop is a very dangerous coach when it comes to playoff series, when it comes to kind of seeing something once, having the ability to uh, both change things in-game but also change things subsequently. He does a really good job of that. Uh, The Spurs shot below their averages overall in this past game. They are going to be better as a shooting team. Uh, their bench is usually very good shooting-wise. Rudy Gay had a really down night. It's probably not going to happen again. Rudy Gay generally kills the Nuggets. He does that frequently. 
Uh, like Gorgie Jang, he went 1 of 4, 0 of 2 from 3. That's probably not happening. Patty Mills started off the game hot, but cooled off very quickly. Patty Mills, minus 29 in this game. That's uh, that's an interesting stat. Uh, it wasn't all because of him. Like, Rudy Gay went 2 of 10. That's not great. But, good to see for sure. Um, Yeah, like, the Spurs are going to shoot better. Denver has to be ready for that. They're not going to hold them to 96 points again or, or outside. I'd be very surprised if they did. Uh, Denver's offense is going to have to be better. They're going to have to get more free throws from their primary guys. They did get 24 free throws overall, which is a larger number than I thought it was going to be. They had four for a long period of time. I thought P.J. Dozier got to the line a lot. Will Barton got to the line a lot. Uh, lots of guys just just did some good things. Um, how Denver deals with these adjustments is going to be very interesting. This is a really good prep as a playoff team for what you want to see. Jokic in these situations is generally very good. He's a guy that once he sees something, kind of like Pop, once he sees something, he sort of internalizes it and makes those necessary changes. But then you also have a guy like Michael Porter, who once he sees something, a lot of times he's seeing things for the first time. And now he's seeing them for a second time and a third time. And he's going to get incrementally better in a lot of these cases. Sometimes veteran teams are going to benefit, but a lot of times it's the young guys that they didn't necessarily know what they were going to expect with a certain team, but now they do. And Michael Porter got to see those guys out there very consistently, realized, okay, I shot 7 of 14 from the field. There is no way I'm shooting 7 of 14 from the field again. I'm going to go 10 of 14 or 12 of 14 or something absurd like that. He has the talent to do that. It's just about identifying the right shots, taking the right shots, and capitalizing on those on those possibilities. He will do that well. I'm looking forward to seeing if Jamal Murray does come back. I want to see as many minutes from this uh, core four as possible because they're going to have their opportunities. Uh, you want those guys to get healthy, of course, but you need those limited opportunities, those limited reps to maximize your ability to see all of these different teams and be able to make changes and make adjustments and find that chemistry on and off the floor. So we'll see how it goes. We'll see what they ultimately do. Uh, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for me. That's Thank you for listening to this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, everybody, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm going to be having a guest on for the Thursday night show that comes out on Friday. And so if you are listening to this now uh get excited for that one should be a lot of fun i think he's a he's a guest that you might recognize for sure especially if you're familiar with this program so thank you so much for tuning in i appreciate all of you make sure to rate review and subscribe if you can and i will talk to you guys very soon Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.